0: Welcome back to Amazing Grace here on Coast Access Radio.
1: Amazing Grace How sweet the sound that says.
2: Welcome to Amazing Grace for another week. My name's Lynette, and I pray that you'll be blessed from what you hear today, dear listener. And uh, we will be joined soon by my husband, Dennis. Here at Amazing Grace, we'd love to hear from you. And we also have some free giveaways. The book, Steps to Christ. And in the local takeaways here in Palmerston North, you will find a small magazine, but with a lot of punchy articles, and it's called The Signs, articles on health and family and issues that we face in life today. So um, just some thoughts now that uh, my husband actually shared with me a couple of days ago, and I thought, this is um, too good not to share quite a um a wise man in this story and um this is how it started and um the topic is the damage of gossip i don't know um if you've um seen the magazines the magazines that fill the racks. a lot of them are basically just full of gossip and lots of stuff that really um Those who write these articles or report on them really don't know. And people are just kind of like feeding on um, the misery, so-called misery of others. Um, So, yeah, so this, this little story. A woman once spread some juicy gossip about a local pastor. What he had supposedly done became common knowledge around town. Then she found that what she had heard wasn't true. She gallantly went to the pastor and asked for his forgiveness. The pastor forgave her, but then told her to take a pillow full of tiny feathers to a corner of the town and in high winds shake the feathers out. Then he told her, to try to pick up every feather. Wise man. He explained that the damage had already been done. She had destroyed his good reputation, and trying to repair the damage was like trying to pick up feathers in high winds. The Bible says that there is life and death in the power of the tongue. That's found in Proverbs 18.21. And um, so let's say a prayer now. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for what the psalmist said when he said, Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Lord, please help us. Help us each day. To use our words wisely. Put a guard over our lips. Help us to think before we speak. Lord, and we ask that mostly that um, we will seek you for truth. And then we will share you with others. In Jesus' name, Amen. So remember friend... He or she who gossips to you will gossip about you. Mmm, some wise words. Alright, now we'll have a song. Now, for our health tip, we're continuing on the book that we've been um, reading through and uh, finding out some fascinating things about the limbic system. Limbic system, which is uh, the feeling part of our brain, the centre of emotions and mood, and um, been reading from the book "Live More Happy" by Dr. Darren Morton. And the chapter that we started last week was chapter six and it's called feelings follow your focus. And it was a funny, um, delightful story uh, uh, his own, um, story of himself going to buy a family worming kit. And if friend, if you want to check out that, cause it was quite, quite hilarious. Um, yeah, have a re-listen to last week. Last, um, sessions, um, amazing grace, um, program. Anyways, so we're, we're up to the next section, um, of this chapter. And so what we think about affects how we feel, um, the doctor says, or to put it succinctly, feelings follow our focus. Now, a good example of this happening is the don't go there topic. You know, those topics that we don't want to be reminded of or we avoid bringing up with someone because if we do, things go badly emotionally. In essence, the leader conjures negative thoughts and the limbo follows. Feelings follow our focus. We can hurt our own feelings by what we think about and focus on. As the Stoic Roman philosopher Seneca once said a man is as miserable as he thinks he is. Fortunately it works positively as well. Ask a new grandparent about their grandchild if you have plenty of time and watch their spirits lift. Again, feelings are Follow our focus. Sometimes when I give presentations to a group, um, Darren Morden says, I ask the audience to share uplifting stories, life's wins and successes, and invariably the mood in the room lifts. But not only does our focus feed our feelings, our feelings also feed our focus. While the front portion of our leader or the main thinking part of our brain is wired to and sends messages to our limbo, our limbo sends messages back. This is why we can enter upward and downward with spirals in our thoughts and feelings. I refer to them, he says, as the limbo loops. The leader and the limbo can spur each other on. Consider the following example of a downward limbo loop. It starts when we hear about a house that has been robbed and our leader starts to think about it. These thoughts arrive at our two-year-old-like limbo, which causes it to initiate a feeling of mild anxiousness. Those anxious feelings feed back to the leader, which causes it to focus more intently on the topic and begin to imagine where someone would break into our house. Our limbo becomes even more distressed by the thought of our house being broken into and dials up our anxiety level. The leader, the thinking part of our brain is really primed now and begins to imagine scenes of someone levering open our window and snooping around in our bedroom. Our limbo is terrified by this thought and that night we lie in bed in a cold sweat, rocking in the fetal position and sucking our thumb with the covers over our head for protection. A single thought snowballed into an intense feeling as the leader and the limbo dragged each other down in our brain. But the same thing can be seen for upward limbo loops. It starts when someone compliments us on how we look. Instantly our leader paints a mental picture of us looking like a supermodel and our limbo likes it. Our limbo passes the good feeling back to the leader, which in turn starts to notice other good things as well. Before we know it, the limbo and the leader are bouncing off each other with positive thoughts, creating positive feelings, creating more positive thoughts. We are on an upward spiral. Psychologists refer to it as the broaden and build theory of positive emotions As it leads to expansion. Expansion of our mindset. Our openness to social situations and essentially essentially a greater joy of living. Limbo loops mean that thoughts and feelings breed their own kind. Good or bad. So how can we arrest downward limbo loops and activate upward ones instead? Have you ever heard it said to someone who is emotionally down, stop feeling that way or just pick yourself up? Such advice is about as helpful, Darren Morton says, as saying to someone with a broken leg, just walk it off. How we feel comes from our two-year-old limbo. Try telling a two year old to stop throwing a tantrum and see how effective it is. We can't expect our limbo to just shake off a feeling, but what we can do is use the frontal cortex of our leader to influence it in the direction we want it to go. And we can do that by choosing what to think about. Regarded by some as the father of American psychology. Dr. William James once said, Our greatest weapon against stress is the ability to choose one thought over another. The same principle applies to other unwanted feelings. Our greatest defense is our ability to choose what we think about. Mm, So there's some thoughts for today. Feelings follow our focus. All right. Now we're gonna have another song. Ooh, ooh, ooh,
1: ooh. I was blind, now I'm seeing and in color. I was dead, now I'm living forever. I had failed, but you were my redeemer. I've been blessed beyond all measure I was lost now I'm found by the father I've been changed from a ruin and a treasure I've been given a hope and a future
2: to Amazing Grace. And now we're going to have Dennis joining us, and he's taking a series on the book of Revelation, and today he's continuing on with Chapter 6. Welcome, Dennis. so yes,
0: it's, it's good to be um, um, with you folks. Um, book of Revelation is um, very important. It's the, the book dealing with last things. So it's a very important book, And um, last time we talked about the fifth seal, and today we're going to talk about the sixth seal. So, um, I'm just going to read um, from Revelation 6, and um, it's not many verses, it's only um, 12, verse 12, Revelation 6, verse 12, down to verse 17, and it says... I watched as he opened the sixth seal and there was a great earthquake. The sun turned black like sackcloth made of goat's hair. The whole moon turned um, blood red and the stars in the sky fell to the earth as late figs dropping from a fig tree when shaken by a strong wind. The sky receded like a scroll and rolled up and every mountain and island was moved out of its place. And then the kings of the earth and the princes, the generals, the rich, the mighty, every slave and every free man hid in caves and among the rocks of the mountain. they called to the mountain and the rocks to fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb and from the great day of his wrath. Hang on, verse 17, it says, For the great day of his wrath has come, and who will be able to stand? So that's a very good question, isn't it? Who will oh, be able to stand? Oh, so this okay. is talking about the end of the world and uh, the second coming of Jesus. Can can I
2: just say something? Yeah, that's a pretty graphic description. That's
0: pretty full on, isn't it? You could say yeah, that. Yeah. So, we're going to read some very solemn verses, but we're talking about the end of the age. And so, we're talking about the sixth seal. Now, I've mentioned um, a number of times that the fifth seal is the stage for the impending crisis. The sixth seal gives us the impending final crisis and then the seventh ushers in to eternal rest. Now, every time six is spoken of in Revelation, it is of Antichrist, the sixth church, the sixth seal, the sixth trumpet, the sixth plague, all talking about the hour of Antichrist. The serpent was made on the sixth day, the serpent represents the devil in the Bible. Jesus, um, his fifth day was the preparation for his final crisis. The sixth day uh, for Jesus was the final crisis, his trial, his beatings, the cross. And in Luke 22, uh, 52, it says, But this is your hour and the power of darkness. So um, some interesting verses here. And just one more, and we'll, uh, we're will we going to have a break soon. And um, in Isaiah 52, verse 14, it says that he, Jesus, suffered unto he was no longer looked like a human. So he went through a lot. And um, on the sixth day, and he went into his rest on the, the sixth or the seventh hour, the seventh day. You're listening to Amazing Grace here on Coast Access Radio.
2: So welcome back. You're listening to Amazing Grace for another week. And just a reminder that um, we here at um, Amazing Grace really would love to hear from you. And you can contact us by email or text us. And the email address is info at mpr. Dot nz, Or you can text on 6815216 And we are uh, happy um, to pray for a friend or a family member off-air or on-air even if you would like We also have a couple of f- free giveaways um, One that we can send to you It's called Steps to Christ, a little book and I really recommend that book. It's really great. And the other, um, magazine is called The Signs and you will find that here in Manawatu and maybe even in your own area where you are listening to this. Um, and it's in the local takeaways here in Palmerston North and this little magazine is free to take away and it has articles on health and family and issues we face in life every day, so yeah so so yes yeah. so so back to you now Dennis and
0: oh. <clears throat> yes, it's um, good to be back and um, before the break I, I mentioned um, Isaiah 52 verse 14 and it said that he suffered until he was no longer looked like a human it's amazing what he went through and why did he do it um, he did it because he loves you and me. And the amazing thing, he would have done it if it was just you. If you were the only one to accept Jesus, you, he would have died for you. Isn't that amazing? I, I've got a book on the life of Jesus, and it says one person is of such value in God's eyes that in comparison with it, worlds sink into insignificant. And in first. Um, First Corinthians verse, uh, or chapter six. First Corinthians chapter six, verse twenty. It says, "For you, um, you were bought for a price. Look at what the price was, eh? Amazing price, mm, isn't it? Yeah. Um, that God who created everything created you and me." Um, The Bible says he created us, uh, formed us in their mother's stomach and brought us into this world. And he has cared for us. He sustains everything. He upholds the whole universe. And he would humble himself and uh, come um, and die upon a cross for you and me. Isn't that amazing? Now, back to um, Revelation. Revelation 6. And I'm just going to read again verses 12 and 13, we'll have a look at this, and it says, I watched as he opened the sixth seal, and there was a great earthquake. The sun turned black like sackcloth made of um, goat's hair. The whole um, the whole moon turned blood red, and the stars uh, in the sky fell to the earth as, a, as late figs dropped from a fig tree. When shaken by a strong wind, um, the sky receded like a scroll rolled up, and every mountain and island was moved out of its place. Sounds awesome, doesn't it, man? Sounds amazing. Um, now, when you read that, just at face value, it's it's talking about uh, a mighty shaking in nature, isn't it? That's what it's talking about. But we know from the bible that before the coming of jesus and this mighty shaking in nature there is going to be um a spiritual shaking there's going to be a spiritual shaking but um actually before that i, I we want to have a look at um uh, we're going to look at um, isaiah isaiah 2 And 19, um, chapter 2, 19, and 22. And um, my lovely wife is going to read that. So that's Isaiah 2. See, wherever the Bible, we everything, we anything is important in the Bible will say something many times. So, um, thank you, Lynette, Mm -hmm. if you can read that. Mm -hmm. So, we're reading. Isaiah two nineteen to 22 Right, so men will flee to caves in the
2: rocks and to holes in the ground from dread of the Lord and the splendor of his majesty when he rises to shake the earth. In that day men will throw away to the rodents and bats the idols of silver and idols of gold which they made to worship. They will flee to caverns in the rocks and to the overhanging crags from dread of the Lord and the splendor of His majesty when He rises to shake the earth. And 22? Yep. Stop trusting in man who has but a breath in his nostrils. Of what account
0: is he? Right, so that's pretty Solomon talking about the end of the world and Jesus coming now. I'm going to read from isaiah thirty four um, verses two to four, and this is what this says: It says, "The Lord is angry with all nations, his wrath is upon all their armies. He will totally destroy them. He will give them over to slaughter, their slain will be thrown out their dead bodies." Will um, send up a stench, and the mountains will be soaked with their blood. all the stars of the heaven will be dissolved, and the sky um, the sky rolled up like a scroll, and all the starry hosts will fall like withered leaves from the vine and shrivelled figs from the fig tree so there 's a lot of places in the Bible where it talks about this if you If you read. If you go to Isaiah 24, there's a whole chapter on it. If you go to Jeremiah um, 4, there is, um, especially through the major and minor prophets, there's a lot there talking about the destruction at the end of the world. So we would like to um, now um, talk about the mighty shaking, the mighty shaking. But maybe we should have a song, eh? We'll have mm-hmm. a break and have a song. Mm-hmm.
1: In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid crown, through the fiercest drought and storm What heights of love, what depths of peace When fears are still, when striving cease My comforter, my all in all Here in in the the love love of Christ Christ I stand Christ Oh
0: Welcome back. You're listening to Amazing Grace and we're um, doing a series on the book of Revelation and we've been reading from uh, (coughs) Revelation 6. Now I I just mentioned um, some of the verses that talk about when Jesus comes and um, before there is a mighty shaking in nature there is going to be a mighty spiritual shaking. And um, we'll just give you some um, thoughts on that. Um, so before time has come, before the time has come, he's going to before Jesus, I should say, before Jesus comes, he's going to make it very clear who are his people and who are not his people. Now, I just like to take you to um, Matthew thirteen, and this is the parable about the tears. And um, Lenita's going to read verses 24 to 30. So,
2: Matthew thirteen twenty-four to 30. To 30. Right. Where are we? Back over this page. Oh, sorry, 24. Verse 24. Oh, yeah, here we go. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may root up the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, First collect the weeds and tie them into bundles to be burned, and then gather the wheat and bring it. Into my barn
0: right, so that's the that's the parable of the tears, and then just a bit further down uh, in verse thirty six and on it says, Then he left the crowd, and he went into a house, and the disciples came to him and asked, Well, explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field, and he answered, The one who sowed the good seed is the son of man, the field is the world, the good seed stand for the sons of the kingdom, the weeds ...are the sons of the evil one. And the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are the angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out His angels, and they will weed out of His kingdom, everything that causes sin and all who do evil. And they will be thrown into a furious furnace and there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father, and he who has ears, let him hear. So that's very solemn, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So this is talking about in the church, in the world, um, especially in the church where you have the wheat, And the tears, and there's going to come a separation. So there's going to become a mighty shaking. In Isaiah 33, verse 11, it says, "The sinners in Zion are afraid; fearfulness has seized the hypocrites." So there's coming um, something that's going to happen in this world where there's going to be a mighty spiritual shaking. Now. Corinthians, no, not Corinthians, sorry, Thessalonians, Thessalonians chapter 2. If you have um, if you have a Bible, just have a look at this. Now, this is interesting. <clears throat> when Paul wrote 1 Thessalonians, he thought, I mean, the people thought that he would be alive when Jesus comes, because when you read chapter 4, you can get that idea. But then he quickly wrote chapter 22 and, uh, I mean, Second Thessalonians chapter 2, and especially in chapter 2, he explains, now, verse 3 specifically says two things that have got to happen before Jesus comes. And let me read it to you. It says, Don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will not come until the rebellion occurs, and the man of lawlessness, the man of lawlessness, is revealed the man doomed to destruction. So it says two things there, right? The man um, doomed to destruction, the lawlessness one, and the great rebellion. Now, if you read in the Amplified Bible, which goes more into the Hebrew and Greek, and this is what it says. Let no one deceive you or beguile you in any way, for that day will not come except the apostasy come first. That is, unless the professed great falling away of those who have professed to be Christians has come, and the man of lawlessness, uh, the man of lawlessness, sin is revealed. <laughs> Excuse. So, the great rebellion is um, a lot of professed Christians turning away from God. This is the separation between the wheat and the tears. Now, does the Bible say this anywhere else? Well, it does. It does. Matthew 24 is a sign of the end of the world. And Jesus says in verse 11, <coughs> and he says, Many false prophets will appear and deceive many people, and because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. So, <clears throat> this is talking about professed Christians. And in in, in Revelation chapter three, um, the message to the Laodicean is is lukewarm, and God is going to spew those who remain lukewarm out of his mouth. So, see, so you You have this shaking. Um, you have this shaking. It's very, very clear in the Bible. Now, I want to have a look at Revelation um, 6, and we're going to read from verse 13 and 14. It says, And the stars in the sky fell to the earth as a late... Uh, late figs drop from the fig tree uh, when shaken by a strong wind. The sky receded like a scroll rolling up, and every mountain and island was moved out of its place. Now, it talks about the moon being red. Now, the moon is a symbol of the church in the Bible. So, Lynette, could you read Song of Solomon, chapter 6 and verse 10, please? Mm-hmm. Yep.
2: Who is this that appears like the dawn, fair as the moon, bright as the sun, majestic as the stars
0: in procession? Right, so if you read the whole uh, chapter there, it's talking, the man's talking about the woman, and then um, the friends ask, uh, or or say this, who, read it again Lynette,
2: Who is this that appears like the dawn, fair as the moon, bright as the sun, majestic as the stars in proce- procession?
0: Right, so um, the thing is here that um, the moon is a symbol of the church, and it's red, it's red, so <clears throat> this persecution, great persecution um, for for the church at the end of the world, um, and then it says that the stars fall to the ground, stars, stars in the church, many of the leaders will fall to the ground. Right, so um, now we always run out of time here, and um, anyhow, I'm going to read from verse verse um, 15. This is Revelation 6, 15 and 16. No, 15 to 17. The kings of the earth, the princes, the generals, the uh, rich, the mighty, and every slave and every free man hid in the caves and among the rocks of the mountain. And they called to the mountains and the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb and from the great day of their wrath. No, for the great day of their wrath has come. And the question is who who can stand? Who can stand? So here we have the second coming of Jesus. And uh, all those who are not God's children will go into the that are still alive at this time will go into the rocks. And they will hide in the caves and they will pray for the rocks to fall on them because (laughs) the wrath um, of the lamb, the wrath of the lamb. It's interesting, it's the wrath of the lamb, isn't it? And mm. then it says, The great day of his wrath has come. And now, who, who can stand? <clears throat> That's a very good question. And uh, next time we're going to talk about that. Next time that we're on the radio and back, we'll talk about Revelation 7. And it says, The ones who can stand. Now, there's two options for you and me: eternal life and eternal death only Only we can make that decision for ourselves. so every person has to make that decision, and it's what we do with Jesus that determines our destiny. It really does God wants to give us eternal life isn't that isn't that wonderful? He's a loving God, he loves us, and he wants to give us eternal life. But if you don't want it, if you don't want what he's offering, um, you cannot have life without him. And uh, that is the sad thing, that you have a choice. You've been made by God, and you are here like us. And um, the Bible says, Choose you today whom you will serve. And it says in Deuteronomy, um, I think it's 29, it says, I've set before you life and death. Choose life. Choose eternal life. So, anyhow, we've run out of time, and we're going to come back next time, and um, on my part, we will talk on who can stand in this um, um, amazing event coming. So, God bless you. Mm. Thank you, Dennis. So, yes,
2: so just before we go, again, I'd remind you that here at Amazing Grace, we we want to hear from you, and um, you can also um, get a free giveaway—the little book, Steps to Christ—and you can contact us. And if you'd want us to pray um, with you for a friend or yourself or a family member, we're happy to do that, or even um, to pray on on air if you would like to do that and you can contact us by email and the email is info at mpr.nz or text a message on 0226815216 and remember to the um, signs magazines here um, locally in the uh, takeaways in Palmerston North and they have articles on health and family and issues that we face in life today. Really good little magazine. So yes, uh, before we we go, let's just finish um, by a prayer. So let's just bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, we... We know that we live in momentous times, and uh, Lord, but our eyes are on you, and we just ask that each of us will feel the need to connect more with you and to seek you more. Lord, nothing else um, is as important as knowing you, and nowhere else can we go, for you have the words of hope, meaning, purpose, and eternal life. So we just ask your blessing on the ones who are listening now. In your name, Amen. So, from all of us at Amazing Grace, we pray that you will grow in grace. May the love of the Father and the grace of the Lord Jesus and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. God God bless. Listener, until next time.
0: Amazing Grace on Coast Access Radio 104.7 FM. This program is made with assistance from New Zealand On Air for radio broadcast and through the accessmedia.nz website. Thank you, New Zealand On Air.